Impex Pre-Owned presents Start Your Engines. Find your next car, truck, or SUV at Impex Pre-Owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs and ImpexPreOwned.com. Here's your racing team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Author and veteran motor sports journalist, Deb Williams. Local action from winning car builder and owner, Alan Hill. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. And now, here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Harry Allen Wood. Good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400, 98.3 FM on a hot looking Saturday morning here in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Well, uh... This is another rough start for Start Your Engines. In fact, we can't get our engine started. I've been trying to push it off. Uh, not sure we're on the air. hope we are. Uh, text me, Lanny. Can you hear us? Yep. They hear us. i got a few listeners out there that's texting us back. Well, we Terry. don't. Talk for a second. <laughs> Let me answer the phone here. But... Uh, little rough start here to start your engines here Saturday morning, but uh, going to have a lot of good racing going on, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the last couple of weeks since we hadn't been on the air, and uh, well, yep. I, I hope we're on the air. <laughs> they say we are out there? Yep. Okay. Got you up now. Well, uh, okay. Long time since I've seen you, Perry. Well, it has been a while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, uh, We've talked. We've texted a little bit. That was, uh, I tell you, there was some good racing last weekend that we uh, need to talk about. Now, not so much your part. You finally got back on the track at Harris and uh, had a little problem, right? Well, we had just a little bit of problem. We went up there. Uh, I got up uh, Friday afternoon and decided I was going to put a motor over in a race car. Next thing you know, my son-in-law, he drove by, seen boat outside, and he come walking in there, and he said, well... You're going to get the motor in there. He said, let's just go up there to Harris. And uh, since they don't run limited sportsmen up there no more, we can just get in to run what you brung. And uh, I don't think we was going to bring enough, but we was, we was going to let him sit behind the seat and have a good time behind the steering wheel. And uh, track was good and smooth there and kind of done something to the car from about six months ago, put a new set of leaf springs up underneath it. And, uh, uh, Thought I might not have enough clearance, and evidently I didn't have enough clearance. But uh, Hole come up down there in the first, second turn, and uh, come main event time, he run off down in there and hit that hole, and uh, next thing I know, it it blowed the right rear tire slam off of it. He didn't wreck or anything, did he? No, I didn't wreck anything. Just come in with a right rear tire flat, got out, parked it, and uh, loaded it back up, and come on back to Spartanburg, but... I think he'd been missing getting behind that stern wheel. I could see a smile on his face whenever he come in after warm-ups. And, you know. Y'all had her hooked up. Well, it was, it was, we had we had hooked up for what we had, but we just wasn't going to have enough. <laughs> the car looked good. You sent me a picture of it. And, yep. uh, good look, it good-looking car. Everybody's telling me now if I put my other car back together that uh, we might go with the same colors as on that Camaro. So, uh. 
I'm going to start putting that coil car back together and uh, probably go back with that black, white, and blue. And uh, Good looking car. A good looking car. Everybody talked about how good looking that car was and uh, just wish we'd uh, brought a little bit more up there. Well, you got to try more often. Well, yeah. we uh, <laughs> Get I, back out there this, tonight. I, I kind of I kinda went over to Cherokee Speedway. Uh, Greg, I had a chance to say good morning to you. How are you? Fine. Good morning to you, Perry. And uh, once again, Mr. Bodine said he'd give her another try. Jeff Bodine, we uh, called him once back in the spring and he didn't answer. Then we uh, had him all fired up, ready to go last week. And uh, he, even he, even, he even called us before the show started, but we didn't have a show. So we'll try him again at 11 o'clock. Yep. And he's raring to go if the equipment works, which I don't know if it's necessarily the, not is the equipment. We prepare his pressing the same buttons he always presses. I, I, I wouldn't know how to. And uh, but you know we, we've had some uh, some real high heat conditions and real high humidity or something. There could be something atmospherically happening in there that's jigging something around. But uh, anyway, we're here on the show. We're gonna have a good time, and we're gonna talk to who we talk to. We just didn't have an opening, <laughs> so, yeah. like we planned. That's right. That's right. Um, we had uh, some other really good news this week was the uh, the IMSA race that uh, Mike Hill won with his car, uh, Felipe Nasser and uh, Pipo Durrani, and that's two in a row for IMSA, and they're catching up fast. Uh, Alan, that's uh, looking real good for them. I, I think we might have... Uh, uh, if, if they're getting hot now, this is the time to get hot. Yes, it is. Just like in, uh, don't want to bring it up, but like football, you want your team to 
kind of peak at the right time, and uh, they kind of—I ain't gonna say—been flying below the radar, but uh, they are getting on a roll right now. Whenever you start getting confidence back in them drivers, and they get up on that steering wheel, which they did last Sunday, uh, you know, it's kind of tape delayed there. And uh, you watch that first lap where he run off there in the first turn. He just said, "Well, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take up all the room I need." I'm the leader of the race, and uh, you ain't supposed to be out there to start with. <laughs> well, we'll kind of get into uh, that race in a lot more depth a little bit later on. Um, I'm getting some notes here from Tyler that we're going to go to a a commercial uh, at 10.20, which um, I think it's going to start by itself, and then he says uh, we'll be back to normal. So we got two minutes and a half. We had some bad news this week, and last Monday we lost... Yeah. Uh, Bob Jenkins, who I think a lot of us, I can't say grew up because I was already grown up, but we listened to a lot of racing. He did, uh, he started with ESPN in 1979 and in 1981 through 2000 when uh, ESPN lost the contract. It was Bob Jenkins and uh, Ned Jarrett and Benny Parsons, and they were a great combination. And we lost Bob to brain cancer last Monday. Man, I tell you. Did you know him, Greg? I knew Bob Jenkins real well, and I had not seen him in years, but uh, he was one of the nice guys. I mean, he, he was just like, uh, he could deal with the drivers, he understood the politics, he understood NASCAR, NASCAR got along with him, uh, the network of TV network he was working with always liked him, the fans liked him, and the competitors, he was, you know... He he was he he wasn't as good of a shoulder to lean on as Deb Williams, but but he, he was he was pretty good. But well, it, you know he uh, there's a lot. Loss. If 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 you want to see some things about him, I looked at it on YouTube last night, and uh, there is a lot of Bob Jenkins tributes. There's several Bob Jenkins tributes. There's a couple uh, showing his last show uh, with. ESPN when he said his farewell. He did another one. He went over to NBCSN for a while and uh, you might keep this in mind, Greg. The last show he did on NBC, he was with Wally Dallenbach Jr. and Jan Bika. So Wally would have been a real close friend of uh, Bob Jenkins if we'd like to get some uh, perspective from him maybe in a week or so. Might get some you know, thinking uh, about that. And then... Uh, he did come back when, uh, I can't remember what the circumstances were, but I guess Paul Page couldn't make a race there at one time. But I tell you what, I'll save some of this for later because I'm going to do a, I printed some stuff out here and I'm going to, in the second hour after uh, Jeff Bodine, I'm going to do some uh, a little piece on Bob Jenkins and play what uh, most say is his most famous um, Broadcast when uh, he did India nineteen ninety two on uh, on ABC as uh, as the uh, the closest finish ever. But we'll be back. This is start your engines. Start your engines. We'll be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports fourteen hundred and ninety eight three FM. 
Impex Pre-Owned is raising the bar in the car industry. Impex is a different kind of dealership. Family-owned and operated, Jamie Nodine and his wife Rita are Boiling Springs natives and proud to be serving the Boiling Springs, Inman, and Spartanburg communities. You won't get pressured at Impex Pre-Owned. You'll just get help finding your next car, truck, or SUV at a price you can afford. Start your search today at ImpexPreOwned.com. Don't just dream it, drive it at Impex Pre-Owned. Asheville Highway, Boiling Springs. For scores, high school football schedules, articles, and everything going on here at the station, download our app today. Just search Fox Sports 1400 either at the Apple Store or via Google Play now. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like RJ Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and they'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. Do you want a rundown house or a property with problem tenants? Did a relative leave you a house behind on maintenance and all the problems that go with it? If any of these things are true, Upstate Property Solutions can help. Upstate Property Solutions buys homes in any condition or circumstance. Foreclosures, condemned homes, mobile homes with or without land, it doesn't matter. We have a solution for you. The best part is we will pay you cash. So give us a call today at 256-0727 or visit UpstatePropertySolutions.com. Consultations are free. As usual, when you hear John Fogarty, it's time for Alan Hill. Alan, what you got for us, buddy? All right. We're going back up two weeks ago. We're going to have the big uh, street stock nationals over at Cherokee Speedway. And like I said before, I, walk, I drove over going to watch that race on Sunday. It's supposed to be on Saturday night, but it rained on Saturday night, so they postponed it to Sunday afternoon. And... Uh, Watched a good race over there. Started them three wide. Had a little rough start, but uh, finally got it going. And uh, we had one of our local boys. He led uh, 48 out of the 50 laps. Well, he must have. Coming to get the the white flag, he blew the right rear tire out, Perry, for $10,000. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) uh, He didn't win. He did not win. Whenever he uh, right rear tire give out on him. uh, Who was that? That was Caleb McLaughlin. Had it in the bag. Had it in the bag. Led every lap from start to 48 <laughs> laps. And uh, coming off fourth turn to get the white flag, 
right rear tire exploded mm. on it, and uh, that gave the wind to another local driver, Ricky Green. Okay. So uh, our local drivers pretty much, uh, when you come to Cherokee Speedway, you've got to outrun these local race car drivers. Now, was he on the pole? <coughs> the uh, the guy who had K- the flat? K- yep. Caleb McLaughlin's on the pole, led every lap, uh, had a good weekend going. Uh, kind of figured if it had been on uh, Saturday night, uh, been a night race, but just so happened it was a Sunday afternoon. Old racetrack got hard and it got black, and uh, they kind of wore some tires out over there. Mm, okay. But uh, <clears throat> we're going to back up to last week now. Last week at Cherokee Speedway, they had the Extreme Four Division. First place went to Bradley Williams, second went to Brandon Spangler, third went to Chris Meadows. And the 604 late models. First place went to John Ruggiero. Second went to Jeremy Steele. Third went to Gray Pardon. Thunder Bombers. First place went to Blake Bentley. Second went to Mark Towell. Third went to Justin Truitt. And the 602 Modifieds. First place went to Jesse Rocket. Second went to Tyler Love. Third went to Greg Brown. And the Super Sportsman Division. Glad to hear this name back out on the racetrack. Mitchell Duval. Big name. Big name over there. Uh, second place went to Cade Langley. Third place went to Josh Hoots. I've met him before. Yeah. We had him on the show <laughs> last <right>. year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he uh, won three events out of his daddy's first annual race over last year. Gotten three different race cars and won three I remember that. In the 602 Charger Division, first place went to Jackson Thompson. Second went to Drake Pimp Parson. Third went to Zach Brown. Young Guns, V8. First place went to Brock Smith. Second went to Ronnie Pinson. Third went to Bryson Freeze. Pure Stock Division. First place went to Jason McGrew. Second went to Dwayne Worley. Third went to Derek Burgess. And the Pro 4 Division. First place went to Casey Towell. Second went to Paris Sparks. I mean, Sparks Paris. And third went to Barrett Bishop. Sorry about that, Sparks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's got a name that can go either way. Yes, he does. <laughs> uh, going to move up here to Harris Speedway. Last Saturday night, like I said, we went to Harris Speedway. I'm glad you so, did. So I got the first-hand view of love racing going on up there whenever I wouldn't tinkering around with our race car. But uh, Pure Stock Division, first place went to Lord Dean Burgess. Second went to Nathan Pierce. Third went to Josh Ayers. And the Crate Sportsman Division, first place went to Tanner Fortune. Second went to Jesse Wall. Third went to Spencer Childers. And to run what you brung division. First place went to Josh Ayers. Second went to Lance Miller. Third went to Jeffrey Wood. And uh, third, Tesnier was on down the line. We was on bit. down the line. We, okay. we made five laps out of that main event. Blowed that right rear tire. I wouldn't. We, you can't change the tire and be. Yeah, you, they give you a lap up there. That, matter of fact, the guy on the four-wheeler, he follows you to your pits. If you make an attempt to change that one tire, uh-huh. they will hold the race up for you to get back out there. Oh, well, that's so, nice. Uh, but you yep, didn't. He come out there and he looked. He said, y'all change your right rear tire. I said, nah. Well, Danny told him, said, nah, I don't think we're going to come back out. So uh, Was Mr. Wilson up there? Yeah. He was As a matter of fact, Mr. Wilson pulled the race car up there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Danny got up Saturday morning and uh, we had a couple of tires that didn't look so good on the tow truck. And he looked at me and he said, I said, okay, we don't, we got to go. And Mr. Wilson drove up to the house and we was there and he looked. I, he said, we're going? I said, no, we're not going to go. He said, why? I said, 
uh, tow truck. He said, that black truck will pull it up there. So, uh, well, that's good. He pulled it on up there for us. Well, so, he's, uh, he's uh, I know he, uh, I mentioned that because I know he wants you to race. Oh, yeah. Probably he, a lot he, worse than oh, me. Oh, he's done called me about 10 or 15 times this year. I mean, this past week. <laughs> Won't know what what we can do. I said I'm kind of waiting on next year's rules coming out, but uh, well, let's 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 see if we can run a couple more this year. Yeah. Uh, move on down to Thunder Bomber Division. First place went to Ricky Bogan. Second went to Lloyd Dean Burgess. Third went to Tyler Geis. Renegade Division. Everybody been knowing that Josh Burgess has been the man to beat up there mm-hmm. and had the bounty out on him. And uh, since we didn't have the show last week, somebody out running, but he really didn't get paid. And, uh, well, what do you mean by that? He got protested and got kind of caught on something, but, uh, Josh, uh, all it done was made the bounty go up to another hundred dollars. And, uh, so he got beat, but then he didn't get beat because the guy that beat him was Bur- just Josh Burgess protested the guy, uh-huh. and they found a little something that was wrong with the race car, and he didn't get paid. Uh, they, but, they, they uh, have to send something off to the lab. No, they didn't send nothing off to the lab. It was in plain visual sight, but it really did not make. It was something uh, that you could buy off the shelf. It's the same thing as you got off of a stock car, except it was just a little bit better quality, but there's no advantage in it, in a way. You know what I'm saying? Your same hookup points were in the same location. All right. It just says in the rule book that you don't say that you can't run it. It just says must be stock. Okay. This is not stock when you can go buy it from a manufacturer. Aftermarket. Aftermarket. Okay. But uh, man, come back last week, Mr. Wally Fowler. Oh, here we showed go. Showed him the way. Picked up that five hundred dollar bounty and uh, didn't cut him no slack either. He has a legal car. He has a legal car. All right. Second place went to Josh Burgess. So. Uh, the bounty is off now. Okay. Third went to Chris Jackson. And the limited late models. First place went to Kenny Collins. And boy, a limited late model. Get around higher speedway and under in a 14-second lap uh, in the heat and a qualifying deal. Mm-hmm. He was bad fast. Second place went to Nick Dietz. Third went to Larry Timms. And the Thunder Bomber Futures. First place went to Tyler Abernathy. Second went to Drew Banks. Third went to Joshua Lucas. In the front-wheel drive division, first place went to Bradley Williams. Second went to Chris Meadows. Third went to Ricky Holcomb. Okay, let's move over to Traveler's Rest last night. Traveler's Rest. They had uh, about seven divisions racing at Traveler's Rest. We're going to start off with the Extreme Four division. First place went to Barry Bennett. Second went to Justin Harris. Third went to Bradley Williams. In the Thunder Bomber division, first place went to Justin Barber. Second went to Will Williams. Third went to Timmy Smith. In the Pure Stock division, first place went to Kevin Nations. Second went to Travis Burdett. And third went to Jason McGrew. In the Rookie division, first place went to J.J. Coggins. Second went to Dale Bennett. Third went to Nick Nars. In the Thunder Bomber Futures, first place went to Stetson Todd. Second went to Scott Hendricks. Third went to Randy Cantrell. In the Crate Sportsman Division, first place went to Chris Jackson. Second went to Tanner Fortune. Third went to Timmy Smith. In the 602 Late Models, first place went to John Price. 
Second went to Dustin Taylor. And third went to Jake Jackson. Now I'm going to pull something on you here, Perry. <laughs> don't, uh, don't. Carolina Speedway. Last night. That's up in Gastonia. That's up in Gastonia. Probably one of the first times you've heard this in a long time. They had the 49th annual Shrine Race. Wow, that's a lot of them. That's a lot of those Shrine Races. Yeah. But uh, you hardly ever hear like Shrine Races back you did back in the day. But uh, good to see that Carolina Speedway still putting them on up there. My daddy was a Shriner. Yep. He was a he jazz. Yeah. He was in the Potentate's Guard. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh. I traveled that road. Did you? <laughs> uh, you still got a fez? No, I don't know where my fez. After all my moving around and moving to Georgia and all this good yeah. stuff, and uh, I ain't going to say my brother sent me a picture. And my stuff was out in the backyard one time after we went to a race in Tennessee, and uh, I had to pick it all up, and I had to move on somewhere else. So uh, <laughs> That sounds like a relationship came to an end. <laughs> But uh, with, the, with the with the shrine and everything, yeah, it kind of it kind of went on out the door. So all uh, right. But uh, up there at Carolina Speedway last night, they had the Thunder Sportsman Division. First place went to David Lucas. Second went to Paul Irby. Third went to Tyler Bean. In the Pro Four Division, first place went to Patrick Ains. Second went to Jacob Kinder. Third went to Abigail Kinney. And Carolina Clash. First place went to Ross Bales. Second went to Brett Helms. Third went to Benji Hicks. And the Super Sportsman Division. First place went to Andy Blackwood. Second went to Bailey Lofton. Third went to Josh Langley. And the Thunder Bomber Division. First place went to Benji Knight. Second went to Seth Outlaw. And third went to Justin Truitt. And the Hornets Division. First place went to Jonathan Shratt. Second went to Brandon Spangler. And third went to Scott Collinger. And now we're going to move over here to uh, what's going on here at our local racing. And tonight at Harris Speedway, they have a $1,500 Mideast Modifieds. Also on the card is a $1,000 to win Southeast Hornets Division, plus $1,500 to win Renegade versus Crate Sportsman's. Uh, gates at Harris are going to open up at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Driver's meeting is going to be at 7 o'clock. Pits are $30. Stands are 15 Kids 12 and under get in free. Also, on uh, today at Cherokee Speedway, they got the Stick Elliott Memorial Race going on over there. So uh, they are having the Carolina Clash Super Late Malls over there. They're going to pay them boys $5,000 to win. Also on the card is uh, 604 late models, 604 charger late models, the Super Sportsman Division, Thunder Bombers, and SCDRA Front Wheel Drive, and the Pro 4 Division. Uh, also, some of our local stuff that's coming up is also going to be the... Uh, Cherokee Speedway Hall of Fame race. That is going to be on September the 5th, which is on a Sunday. I've got the inductees coming in. Hall of Fame committee special inductee is Gracie Smith. Okay. Freddie Smith, one of our big 
super late model drivers back in the day that traveled all over the nation. His daddy's getting inducted into the Cherokee Hall of Fame. Also, on the Lifetime Achievement Old Timers, it's going to be Mike Humphreys. I heard that name. Yep. Lifetime Achievement Modern Era is going to be Scott Tesnier. Contributor is going to be Wayne Clayton. Sportsman Division going to be Ricky Bogan. And Promoter's Choice is going to be Tony Spencer. Is, like is, is that Tesnier any relation to... Uh, no, 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 no relations there. Okay. I'd like to congratulate all these boys for the 2021 inductees. Uh, like I said, they have a big ceremony over there on Sunday, which is September the 5th. Uh, usually starts about an hour before racing going on over there. So if you'd like to come over there and sit, and they'll, you know, uh, two or three of these drivers have done, or people have done past on, and, but uh, I know that three or four of them will still be there. If not, they'll have some of their family there to accept these awards. Now, that's September the 5th. September the 5th. Okay, we should probably have uh, Tony Adair on or something to talk about that. That, that I just looked it up. That is the uh, day before Labor Day. So, yep, you got the day off the next day, probably. Yep. And uh, talking about that, uh, they got a big forty-two or $43,000 super late model race on the Thursday before. Oh, wow. Yes, one of the richest purses ever handed out. And uh, I think about the only other one that competes with it is Eldora right now. Wow. So all your super late mall boys will will be invading Cherokee Speedway along with, uh, they call this boy Young Money, yeah. Kyle Larson. Oh, you think he'll be over there? Yes, sir. Okay. He'll be over there. Uh, now, this it, is late models, right? This is super late model. Okay. And... Uh, like I said, they'll they'll have a probably fifty to uh, probably sixty super late miles over there trying to make this fast car field over there. Well, he's he's hot again. Yes, he is. Uh, he he won again in the in the Rumley, which I I mostly just stay over here on this dirt side. But you've got to watch him on whenever he's on TV, and I watched him uh, last Sunday, and. Uh, he gets up on that steering wheel pretty good. If I'm not mistaken, he won something, and I didn't write it down because it was something we don't normally cover. I, I sort of just saw it in passing, but I think he won some big race this past week. Sometime during the week, I believe he won something. Yes, he does. He, uh, I mean, he runs all the time. Well, when you travel at Lucas Oil Series, uh, you usually start on Wednesday and... Uh, I talked to a guy, and he said uh, they was wanting uh, Chris Madden to run over here at Cherokee Speedway the Sunday before last. And uh, he told them boys, he said, look here, I'm fixing to be gone for four weeks on the road. Mm. And you travel from Nebraska to Ohio and stuff like that. And it don't make good sense for them boys to come all the way back down to here. Then whenever they got to turn right back right. around and go up there to race. So yeah. tell you, a lot of people just find them a... A local shop up there, and if they have to repair something, they go in there. If not, they unload out in the parking lot mm. and go to work on it. All right. Is that it? That's pretty much all our local racing. All right. Well, i tell you what. Deb's probably going to call in here in just a second. I hope she does anyway. So let's take our next break. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400 AM and 98.3 FM. 
Ricky's Drive-In West and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway are your go-to stops for chili dogs, cheeseburgers, and so much more. Right now, all combos are just $6, and all kids' meals are just $3. And it's easier than ever to take advantage of these deals with their convenient drive-thru. Do you have a big appetite or several mouths to feed? Ask for the drive-thru special. Ten hot dogs, a large fry, and a gallon of tea for just $22.99. Ricky's Drive-In West on Blackstock Road and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway. The drive-thru is open. If you're riding around in your car listening to a game and your car radio sounds like this, and you want it to sound like this, there's the pass to Leitner. Puts it up. Then you need to visit Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Elite Audio sells and installs premium audio systems for your vehicle. Car stereo speakers, DVD players, navigation systems, and so much more. So stop riding around listening to busted speakers and subpar audio quality and visit Elite Audio today online at EliteAudioOnline.com. Elite Audio, 1504 Asheville Highway. You dream it, we build it. We are Fox The home of the South Carolina Gamecocks is Fox Sports 1400. WSBG Spartanburg. This is all now on FM at 98.3. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. River Falls Plantation, a Gary Player signature course, is open to the public. Membership opportunities are available, though, including family, corporate, and individual memberships. They offer a discounted membership for seniors over 60 and juniors under 30. But you heard me right. You. watermelon slushy for two dollars or any size new frozen coke new frozen fanta wild cherry or blue raspberry or mccafe iced coffee for a dollar 69 it's more than a drink it's a mcdonald's drink ba-da-ba-ba-ba price of participation may vary limited time only time to combine and they offer combo meal coca-cola fanta minimator richard trademarks the coca-cola company is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Now let's go live to death. Good morning, Deb. How are you? Good morning. Fine, thank you. Well, I know we haven't had a chance to talk in a couple of weeks, although you and I have texted a little bit, but uh, 
Two weeks ago, we were off by design, and last week, we were off by accident. So, uh, <laughs> glad to have you back. Got off to kind of a rough start today, but anyway, got everything squared away in time for you. Uh, I tell you, we've had a a lot have has happened since the last time we talked, and I know there's been a little bit of a... I know at least one driver picked up a ride while uh, while we were off the air for a couple of weeks, so... Uh, why don't you just sort of see if you can uh, recap some of the highlights of what's been going on? Well, it's it's been so much that I have honestly forgotten about uh, whether we even talked about Brad Keselowski and the Roush Fenway press conference or not. Well, have I don't think they had. I, I don't think they'd had the press conference yet. We knew it was going to happen, and they had announced the right. press conference, but I don't think we uh, it had actually taken place yet. Okay, well, that was very interesting, and um, it, it came out, of course, at that particular press conference, which, which was at the NASCAR Hall of Fame, that if Ryan Newman wants to drive a part-time schedule next year, that Roush Fenway will field a part-time ride for Ryan Newman. And they said, of course, at that particular time, that Ryan didn't really know what he was going to do or wanted to do. Is his contract so up at could, Is his contract up at Roush? Yes. Okay. It is. So um, he, um, you know, needs to make that decision, and they're waiting to hear from Ryan as to what he wants to do. But they did tell him that they would be willing to field a part-time ride for him next year. So that came out of that, and then. You know, unfortunately, we had Chase Purdy miss a race because he tested positive for COVID, and now Max Pappas was supposed to drive at, uh, at Indy this weekend, and he has tested positive for COVID, so he's not going to be able to drive. Boy, that's a name and, I haven't heard in a while, Max Pappas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he does, still does a lot of road race instruction, to, you know, for a lot of young drivers coming along. But that was that was sad. Everybody hated that. And of course, we all wish Max well. NASCAR has reinstated its uh, COVID protocol, and now what they have done is, if you're inside the transporters or inside a building or anything at the track, you have to go back to wearing a mask, whether you're vaccinated or not. And they now have everyone line up as you go into the track. And they have dogs that have been trained to detect the COVID virus. Oh, wow. And the dogs uh, sniff. And if one, you know, alerts, then they pull you out of line and take you to their nurses and doctors. And you're tested right there and everything. Well, I hadn't heard that. That's a whole lot quicker and I think more efficient way to do it than swabbing inside your nose or whatever. That's that's good to know. Well... They'll do that if the dog alerts. Ah, I see. You know, so if the dog alerts, it would just be like if uh, you're going through checkpoint at the airport and the dog alerts, then they take you aside and check your luggage and everything. Well, here, if the dog alerts, they'll take you aside and they'll test you. Mm. So it does not take the place of the test. I see. It's just the first alert system. I got you. Alan, so what are you that, chuckling yeah. about over there? I said, what, what what? Chicken biscuit in your pocket. <laughs> the, dog, the dog alerts on the chicken biscuit in your pocket. 
Only you think of something like that, Alan. <laughs> I have a feeling they're trying not to alert to a chicken biscuit. <laughs> I don't know if he's hungry. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Alan was just over here chuckling the whole time you were talking, so uh, I didn't know what he had. Well, it might, that might, the way I always stop and pick up a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit, it might cause them to, to alert to my car. Yeah, you might but, think about uh, it. Yeah, you know, sometimes <laughs> I don't want to be in the pit area whenever it's 100 degrees, and uh, I'll, I get thrown out. <laughs> oh, well. What else well, you got and, there, Deb? Well, we've we've lost some icons in the sport. You know, we lost, unfortunately, Bob Jenkins, right. who everybody will remember, what anchored with Ned Jarrett and all on ESPN for so many years. And unfortunately, Bob had been battling cancer, and he had brain cancer, and he announced that earlier this year. So we lost him. And um, his wife had the same thing, and and passed away in I think 2012 or 11. Yeah, I think. It was in, it was really strange because I think I don't remember which one was diagnosed with cancer first, and then the other one was diagnosed, and they were battling, you know, simultaneously. Well, I and think he I, had a uh, colon cancer. Well, I think it because earlier this year, he beat I that. think you're probably right. Yeah, and then earlier this year, Mike. Maybe at the beginning of the year, in January or February, he announced that he had brain cancer. Well, I saw an interview. I watched a lot of interviews on YouTube uh, Friday night or Thursday night to prepare mm -hmm. for the show. And there's a lot of tributes and things on there and last broadcasts and farewells because he's had several from ESPN. And then he was on NBCSN. And then he uh, mm -hmm. even, uh, you know, he was a public address announcer at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for a while. And he, he was the chief broadcaster uh announcer on the radio network but he said right. that christmas night and he was this is an interview sitting in his basement or in his man cave with a, 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 a per, sports personality from a local indianapolis station that was done memorial day weekend you know not that long ago mm -hmm. and he said that he woke up christmas night and he said he had a horrible headache and he said, I knew it wasn't just a headache. It was something. And he went uh, as soon as he could get, you know, to the doctor mm -hmm. or whatever. And it was, they diagnosed that. So, and then mm -hmm. he didn't come out with it, I don't think, publicly until, like you said, until January or February. So, uh, right. Yeah. Right. That was a big loss. And how, you said we've lost a couple. Did we lose somebody else? Well, a lot of people may outside the industry may not have known Johnny Bruce, but Johnny Bruce was with U.S. Tobacco Motorsports all the time that U.S. Tobacco was in the sport, and J.B. was a very close friend of Harry Gantz. He was on Harry Gantz's crew. He was one of the Skull Bandit crew members, and he um, was also an educator there in Alexander County and the Taylorsville, North Carolina, both before he went into racing and then after U.S. Tobacco withdrew when he retired from U.S. Tobacco, he went back to teaching and coaching there at, at uh, the high school in Alexander County. And he was playing golf with buddies and had a heart attack. Oh, my goodness. And, and died. He was also on our advisory committee for the stock car collection at Appalachian State University. And when he was with U.S. Tobacco, he not only was involved in the racing end of it and on Harry Gantt's pit crew, but he also was 
uh, into the rodeo when U.S. Tobacco was a sponsor on the professional rodeo circuit. So he did racing and rodeo. Oh, but um, yeah, JB was a very, very good friend and someone you could always count on. He always, in fact, it was really cool when he and his wife got married. Hal Needham was his best man. Oh, and he and Hal Needham rode into the wedding on horseback, and then his bride came in in a horse-drawn carriage. And That's uh, cool. after the ceremony, he and his bride got into Greta. Uh, he and Greta got into the horse-drawn carriage and rode around the property where the wedding was held. So oh, that's cool. That was really cool. But he and Hal Needham were very close as well. Um, and he was... No, mm-hmm. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I, I was just going to say, because uh, we're kind of getting close on time and we still got to make our right. picks, but I wanted you to... Uh, 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 the the move racing-wise that I um, only one I'm aware of is... Uh, Ross Chastain got a ride with uh, uh, Trackhouse. Trackhouse. Was that who it was? Trackhouse. Yep. Yeah, that's right. And uh, that's a really interesting story, too. In fact, you can read my story about that on racingtoday.com. Uh, you can go in there and read the story I wrote about Ross Chastain and how it, it's really interesting. Ross did not grow up dreaming of being a NASCAR Cup driver. He didn't even start thinking about NASCAR until he was 18. He was just racing for fun around the short tracks in Florida with his family growing up. And he never had that dream since he was six, seven years old to race NASCAR cup racing. He had watermelons on his mind. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so then the um, Justin Marks, it turns out, has been like a mentor to him all the time that he's been racing in NASCAR. And Justin is the one, of course, Justin co-owns Trackhouse with Pitbull. And, you know, Justin would teach him, you know, this is how you race a road course. You know, don't use up your brakes. This is how you work aggressive situations and all that. And he said, you know, he never left a conversation with Justin feeling downgraded or beat up but he felt better because he had learned and so when it came out that that track house was buying chip ganassi racing's assets ross chastain picked up the phone or sent a text to justin marks and said i want this ride and you know that just is a prime example of if you want something go after it because nobody
bench race and theorize. And some people are bench racing or theorizing going, well, you know, if Newman's going to drive a part-time schedule, maybe he would go with GMS or, well, you know, it's it's still a lot up in the air as to who gets charters and who doesn't. And, you know, junior motorsports, there was a theory there they might come up to cup, but, you know, Dale Earnhardt Jr. has come out and, and they said, no, we're not going to cup next year. If we go, it would be 2023. I gotcha. So, Deb, we got three minutes. Okay. I, I don't mean to cut you well, off, but I, we got three no, minutes. No, I was, I was just going to say, we got we to look at this rivalry that's developed between Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson now. Yep, yep, you're right Watkins about that. Watkins Glen. All right, let's, and, um, let's, go ahead. let's get our picks in, uh, and I'll let you go. I can tell you that. Ronnie has already taken uh, Truex, and Lanny has taken Blaney. So I'll let you go next. Oh, wow. That leaves the field wide open. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell are going to get into it. So. <laughs> Good one. I mean, that that's you, you know as well as I do that road course racing is a really good good place to do payback because it looks just, you can make it look just like racing. Yeah. So, I'm going to go with Chase Elliott because I think he's going to, if, if they don't get penalized and have to start at the rear of the field again or, you know, have an unscheduled stop like they did at Watkins Glen. So I think Chase is determined to, to come back after what happened at Watkins Glen last week. So I'm going to go with Chase. All right, Chase Elliott. Uh, Greg, who are you taking? Uh, well, well, that. We don't have much time, Greg. Lars, did she take Elliott instead of Larson? Is Larson gone? Larson is not gone. Let me have him. All right. Greg takes uh, Larson and uh, Allen. No, well, okay, I'll go next. I'll take Keslowski. Allen, who do you want? I think I'll take the 18 car. Okay. And we'll probably give Jay the 11 car. All right. Uh, we got about a minute and a half, Deb, but I just want to say one thing, and I wanted to talk a little bit more about it, but we won't have a chance. I, I am just, I got to tell you, I'm disappointed that uh, neither Xfinity or Cup is running on the big oval at Indianapolis. I, I don't like both of them on the road course. I used to love to watch the stocks on the big two-and-a-half-mile track. Yeah, and, you know, to, this isn't saying that this is going to be set in stone, that they could always go back to running the 2.5-mile Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but... You know, they needed to, to try something because the races had gotten so boring uh, for the Brickyard 400. And, you know, they may go back. But it's funny because, or interesting, that years ago, probably in the 60s, Bill France Sr. stated that Indianapolis Motor Speedway, because of its flat turns and all, was not built to showcase what stock cars can do when they race like you can on the high-banked ovals. And yeah, I think Bill France Sr.'s prophecy or, uh, or what he was saying back in the 60s showed true because it seemed like after they had that year of the brickyard when they had so many tire problems and they were having to throw the caution like every 15 or 20 laps because of tire issues, it, it really suffered and it's never come back. And, you know, the winners that we've had have been good stories to write about. Yeah. But Deb, Deb, rarely do we write about the racing. Yeah. Deb, we got 20 seconds. I love having you on the show. I'm glad you were able to catch up for about <clears throat> two weeks worth of stuff. And we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. All right. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Deb. That's thank Deb Williams. And uh, really, we're up against it. Got about five seconds. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox 1400.
Well, uh, normally <laughs> it kicks in with a. I don't know what's going on here. And here's what you need to know. We had two game-winning field goals in Friday's three NFL preseason games. Arizona's Matt Prater, a 47-yard field goal at the gun to give the Cardinals a 19-16 win over the Dallas Cowboys. Buffalo's Tyler Bass, a 44-yard field goal with 15 seconds to play to give the Bills a 16-15 victory at Detroit. Jared Goff, by the way, 7-9 of for 56 yards in his Lions debut. And Tennessee, a dominant 23-3 victory at Atlanta, holding the Falcons to 139 yards of total offense and six first downs. In Major League Baseball Friday night, the Giants won their sixth in a row, defeating the Colorado Rockies 5-4 and improving their record to 75-41, and the best record in the majors. Arizona's Dalton Varsho led off the bottom of the ninth inning with a game-winning home run to beat the San Diego Padres 3-2. I'm Isaac Lohenkron. A few years back when we were ready to reopen the station, the water pipes burst, putting thousands of dollars of equipment in danger. That was one stressful evening, but one phone call to Thomas McGuire and PuroClean, the paramedics of property damage, and our stress disappeared. PuroClean rolled in, took charge, and rescued the station from severe water damage. Since then, I've used PuroClean at my house. You should do the same. Whether you're faced with fire and smoke damage, a flooding basement, or need carpet or upholstery cleaning, do what I do. And that's called 285-3530 for PuroClean. Hey everyone, this is Ben Ingram. Wake up weekday mornings with Tyler Sugart on Bump and Run from 7 to 9 a.m. Right here on Spartanburg's home for the Atlanta Braves, Fox Sports 1400, 98.3 FM. Tracing roots to 1832, Janney is a leading financial services firm dedicated to putting client needs first. With nearly 200 years of experience, we are committed to providing the best in financial and investment advice to help clients reach their personal or business goals. When you are seeking a long-term relationship built on trust and experience, financial advisor Trent Lancaster, located in the Spartanburg office, can provide seasoned advice, guidance, and support through every stage of your life and finances. We invite you to speak with Trent to explore ways in which he can help you and your future generations in planning for your future. Contact him by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jannie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. This is Jeremy Clement, and you're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. There's a new sandwich shop in downtown Spartanburg. It's the Sandwich Shop. Sam and Mitch are two local guys making roast beef, corned beef, and meatballs in-house. They pile it up high to build French dips, Rubens, and meatball subs. I know Sam and Mitch, and I can tell you, you're looking for a couple of ringers for your best ball foursome. I never slice. Look elsewhere. But if you're looking for great sandwiches, take advantage of the free parking at City Hall and visit the Sandwich Shop, 201 Wall Street, downtown Spartanburg. 
Winning takes a strong team effort, and you'll win when you trust the Capasi Glass Mart team for your commercial and residential glass needs. Storefronts, auto glass, safety glass for heavy equipment, window and insulated glass, patio doors and plexiglass, mirrors, expert repair service. Plus, Capasi Glass Mart provides 24-hour emergency board-up service. Call the Capasi Glass Mart team today at 583-6200. That's 583-6200. Capasi Glass Mart, serving the upstate since 1975. Capasi Glass Mart, helping your team win. Jacobs Clothing and Home Goods is now open at 2601 East Main Street, Suite 21 in Spartanburg. Jacobs Clothing and Home Goods carries a vast selection of clothing for the whole family, as well as lighting, small appliances, kitchen gadgets, and much, much more. They have antiques, jewelry, formal gowns, lots of brand name items at really low prices. Jacobs Clothing and Home Goods reminds you to shop local and support local businesses in your community. Stop by and see what these local folks can do for you. Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., 2601 East Main Street in Spartanburg. Live from the Fox Sports 1498 3FM FM studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your rhythm. Impex Pre-Owned presents Start Your Engines. Find your next car, truck, or SUV at Impex Pre-Owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs and ImpexPreOwned.com. Here's your racing team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Author and veteran motor sports journalist, Deb Williams. Local action from winning car builder and owner, Alan Hill. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. And now, here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Harry Allen Wood. And welcome back to the second hour of Start Your Engines. And it's my great pleasure after, uh, I think this is our third try to get Jeff on the show, Jeff Bodine. Good morning, Jeff. Yeah, good morning, guys. It's uh, a great morning up. Well, I'm down here in Malabar, Florida. I guess you're up there in Spartanburg, but uh, great morning here. Well, that's great that you uh, could make it this week because we've, uh, I tell you, we've had studio problems, we've had phone problems, and to finally get you on, it's uh, it's great. I, I usually uh, lead off by saying, uh, you know, some of your accomplishments, 1986 Daytona 500 winner, 87 IROC champion, you won the Winston 1994. You won the Bush Clash with Bud Moore and Greg in uh, 1992. One of NASCAR's uh, 50 greatest drivers and uh, a great modified driver. Jeff, uh, you've had quite a career. I've been very fortunate, very blessed. Uh, yeah, it's been a great career. You know, I'm still here, so that that even makes it better. But because we've lost a lot of our friends and uh, in racing, and that's sad. Uh, so yeah, I've been very blessed. The Lord gave me some talent, some opportunities, uh, that, uh, introduced me to the right people and led me in the right directions. And yeah, it all, you know, my dream was to, uh, when I was a kid was to go to Daytona and race in Daytona 500 and win and against my hero, uh, a lot of my heroes, but Richard Petty. And, you know, I did that in 86. I went down there and won a darn race and, uh, Almost thought I was going to have to retire after winning that race. I said, what's next? But then I realized what was next was, heck, I wanted to win some more. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I tell you, Jeff, he'd flat get around Daytona in them road courses. And 
Jeff's a winner. I mean, he just he just runs so awful good in the modifieds and the stock cars. It matter who's stock. when you get in our car and win a race. That's pretty doggone good. So I have to, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, we won the first race we were in at uh, Daytona. The yeah, yeah, the butt shootout. Yeah, that was yeah, well, darn good. Remember, we got to say that's a pretty good bid. War went over but Jeff. I mean, uh, that was about we wasn't on no team that won him. There's a bunch more than. We kind of got in the bed more, and I stepped over the edge about about a hundred grand or something, which ain't nothing now, but was back then. And Jeff come in the shop and said, "Bud, don't worry about it. I'm gonna win it back for you on the racetrack." He won it back the first race. Yeah, the first yeah, race he got us the money back. But anyway, good. well, you know, it wasn't all about money, Greg. It was about uh, the reputation that your dad and you had uh, with that fifteen car, the motorcraft car, and you know, you had uh, you know a lot of wins behind your 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 helmet and your engines and your car, and uh, so that that was the big determining factor. It wasn't the money. Now, I I didn't say that then. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. So don't 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 try to take it back now. <laughs> We're talking to Jeff Bodine. Jeff, you didn't miss winning another Daytona 500 by by just a little bit in Bud Moore's car with the the motorcraft car with uh that was a Dale Jarrett Dale Earnhardt race. Yeah, you know, that came down towards the end of the race. We were running good. We uh, we were a little wounded. I forget what happened, why we got the front end smashed. I don't know if somebody's tired or what it was. But, but yeah, we we're running. Uh, with Dale Earnhardt was leading. Jeff Gordon, he was a rookie then. And, and uh, Dale Jarrett and myself. And uh, Earnhardt was getting loose coming off the corner. So he was slowing us all down. And Jeff Gordon, you know, was a Dale Earnhardt fan. He wasn't going to pass him because, you know, back then everyone figured you you filed Dale Earnhardt, you you got a chance at having a good finish. So he was just sitting there. But uh, I was hoping Jarrett was going to pull out, and we're coming to get the white flag, and he pulled out, coming off turn four, and of course I pushed him by both of them, and. Uh, I pushed him into turn one so fast that he slid up. I said, well, this is great because behind me was uh, it was a Junior Johnson car, a Ford. Was Hutt stricken? Yeah, it was Hutt driving. And I said, well, shoot, I went under Jarrett, and I said, well, we're going to win this race because Hutt's going to push me down the backstretch. Well, I looked in the mirror, and Hutt wasn't handling quite as good as we were. We had a great car, and he fell back. So now I'm side by side with Jarrett. Uh, I guess it was Earnhardt pushed Jarrett past me. I mean, we ended up third, but uh, we had a great chance of winning that race. We, yeah, Bud and Greg, they they had some great cars, and uh, that was a day that if Hutt, they'd been able to stay with me, we we're going to win the 500 again. But third wasn't bad, but nothing like winning at Daytona. Yeah, that was a close one. That was a close one. What was the cool right out right out of the box? Yeah, uh, you know, and there was a lot of controversy. Said that things would work out good with us, and they wouldn't, and and and, and won the class easily. Uh, Rob, and then run third in the five hundred. Yeah, and went on and had some other good runs, and then later on in the year, but but anyway. Uh, I think Alan's got a couple of questions for well, you. Jeff, Jeff, how did you get into racing? I know you just didn't step straight into NASCAR. 
<laughs> no, that's for sure. That's for sure. No, I was I was kind of born into it. The year I was born, my the local guys uh, in Chemung, New York, the local racers went to my grandfather and my father and asked them to build a racetrack. My grandfather had a, a big, big farm, had lots of land, so he and my father took a cornfield and dug it up right on the farm and made a quarter-mile dirt track. And uh, in the inside... I don't think it was the first year, but they built a little track for kids. You know, had a lot of kids racing. They call them micro midgets back then. Oh, yeah. And uh, when I was five years old, my father he loved to read popular mechanics. He saw plans on how to build one. So he built me a little micro midget. And so I started racing when I was five in the infield at Shimong Speedrome and uh, had uncles that raced the big car. My dad, uh, Never even sat in a race car. He was very superstitious. So he wasn't a driver or anything like that. But I had uncles that were uh, mechanics and drivers. And they, as I grew up, uh, you know, I first started sweeping the floor. <laughs> yeah. That's where you start in the world of business, sweep, sweeping the floor. And I actually moved up to clean the parts and then helped my uncle put engines together. And they let me build my first race car and use their garage. I parked it outside it during the day, but worked on it at night inside. And, uh, so that's how I got started, just racing micro midgets, and then my uncles helped me build the first race car I had, and the rest of the kind of history. I, I love designing and building uh, my own race cars. I went to college, uh, Corning Community College, to learn about mechanical engineering. And spent six years in the military, you know, I'm, I didn't know uh, that. Now, I didn't I, know that. That's cool. Yeah, you know, really well, thank proud you for of Bud your Moore. service. He, well, thank you. Yeah, Bud was a hero in the military. I wasn't a hero, but I did serve six years in the National Guard, so uh, I'm glad of that. My dad was in World War II, so you know, I appreciate uh, that he served in the military, and it's just kind of natural for me to do it. But but through all that, I raced and uh, uh, and just kept racing and racing and racing and you know i didn't get my first good chance in nascar and cup until i was 32 years old today kids are getting that chance when they're 16 17 yeah. years old yeah. it's amazing what's happened but it took me a few years but i finally got there and you know i'm i'm really glad it happened that way because you learn a lot of work ethics you know you work day and night on your race car to race the next day and and you do it all again. So I, I'm, uh, I learned that work ethic from my father working on the farm and at the racetrack and and from my uncles on the race cars. So uh, I, I had a great upbringing and I guess you call it childhood. Jet Dude, what? I did everything. I played football in high school and I, I didn't have a girlfriend. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't like to dance, but I liked to play the sports and, and race. <laughs> We're talking to Jeff Bodine. Uh, J- Jeff, the uh, our co-host here that asked you that question is uh, Mike, is uh, Alan Hill and his brothers Mike Hill that worked for Junior Johnson for so many years. Were you there at the same time with Mike Hill? Oh, you bet. Yeah. Well, uh, that's his brother that asked you the question. Well, I just yeah. got I just got a text from Mike. He was said I was telling Hut to push him, push him, and he said Hut texted him back 
or caught, told him on radio, I was running hot and I'm blowing water. He said, I really didn't care. Push him. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. We, we were looking good, wasn't we, Jeff? I mean, we, we were right there on it. Yeah. It didn't yeah, quite was, fall uh, in place. Yeah, the two years before that, I'd run with Junior Jansen and, of course, worked with Mike and loved those two years and and moved to... You know, I won a, a late model race there, Trans South 200. Right. And, uh, you know, Earnhardt was in it, Gant, Allison's. Uh, but the guy that was in it was one of the best there at Darlington was David Pearson. And I started right behind him. I was just a rookie. And I said, I'm going to file David, and he's going to show me how to drive this track. You know, it's still the track too tough to tame, right? Yeah. And uh, he showed me good. I won the race. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't fall out. None of those other guys fell out. I just won the race. And uh, a day later, I got a phone call from Cliff Stewart wanting me to drive his car. So that race at Darlington uh, is responsible for me getting my first cup ride. Jeff, um, you were talking earlier about... Uh you went to college and you learned to design things and you always liked designing things. And, uh, of course, I can't let it go unmentioned that uh, you designed a bobsled that turned out pretty good. <laughs> well, proud of that project. Proud that the, the Lord, for some reason, gave me the idea to get involved in bobsledding. And uh, I didn't really design them. I, I was the founder. I put up the money. I was racing then. And uh, so I had some cash, and 
uh, I hired friends of mine up in uh, Connecticut that I used to race modifies with and uh, Chassis Dynamics, Bob Cuneo and Bobby V. They were they weren't doing much business right then. I knew they needed some help, so I called them up and asked them if they'd help me build a bobsled for our American athletes, and they did. They ended up building the best in the whole world. Our kids won more Olympic medals and uh, the gold medals. The girls won a gold. The guys won a gold. And world championships than they've ever done. And uh, so really proud of that. Uh, you know, we never sold them. We let them use them free. We got sponsors. Had a lot of great sponsors uh, to help us get through that. And our biggest was uh, Wheeling Engineering. Mm. That's good uh, they, mm-hmm. Well, be, Yeah, Wheeling, you know, they make lights for police, fire trucks, warning systems around the world. They do all NASCAR lighting at auction and go lights at the racetracks. And the one reason they got involved with me is, uh, well, I, I got them involved in NASCAR. <laughs> but I own Alan Quickie's team. Uh, uh, they came up to me and said, if you ever need a sponsor, call. <laughs> I chased them down to pits. I said, I need, I need some help. <laughs> and so they got on our, our by our back window, but that got them in a NASCAR. But then the reason they really wanted to get involved in the Bobsled Project was because they believed in Made in America. All their products that they go into their uh, things they sell are made in America. And uh, that's what this Bobsled Project was about, Made in America. Our kids weren't using American-made Bobsleds, and I said that was unacceptable and so all our, everything in the boxes is made in America. And so uh, that's why they got involved with me. And uh, it was a great relationship. Uh, and uh, we really thank them a lot for that. They they kept us going for many years. Yeah. You know, Jeff, of all the things we've done, we had so many good runs. Uh, oh, especially like at Sears Point and in Wilkesboro with the joke. Uh, I mean, Wilkesboro, you lap field about twice, and we had a lot of good runs. But I was so tickled. I think that was, wasn't that in early 99 when when uh, the, the the bobsled, I mean, 93, when the bobsled come in, you know, we were putting the decals on it and and everything. But I, I thought that was one of the coolest things, that, other than running good and uh, <laughs> everything, was about the bobsled deal. It got a lot of publicity. And I remember uh, Jeff showed up at the racetrack and we hadn't been there long and said, watch this right here. And I didn't even know he'd been fooling with them. And he's got the best guys up there at Lake Placid or wherever they just testing and they had Jeff driving it. And I, I just think that was just an all-American deal right there. I mean, that, that, that just shows the quality of people. That, well, the way I remembered, it changed the way Bob Sleds looked from then on. I mean, it yeah. was an entirely new look. Yeah, I mean, but here's Jeff O'Donnell, you know, Daytona 500 winner, running up front all the time and everything. He comes to find out we buying bobsleds off of Norway or something. Jeff said, this 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 crap's going to stop. Yeah, we, you know, we the way we uh, build the bobsleds, it was, you know, we built race cars all our life, and my friends up in Connecticut did too, and so we applied all that knowledge and building skills to building a bobsled. Now, they have rules, just like NASCAR. And they were legal, but we did change the way bobsleds uh, are put together. And uh, all the other countries really liked this. Right. That's, that's my <laughs> whole just, point. You changed they, them they, all. They, they started they buying them too, didn't they? 
No, no, no. We don't sell them to any any other country. Uh, <laughs> no, these are just done for American uh, athletes. But uh, you know, by us doing this for our American athletes, uh, the other countries had to help their athletes to get better, and so that's why they like this because their countries started helping them more, and uh, it just really elevated the sport. Uh, of course, we got a lot of publicity support, and people were watching. Uh, race fans are watching all around the world, and I think I would. I'm. I think I'm still well known over in Europe. <laughs> Maybe a little bit more over there than I am here. Well, I tell you, they should give you an honorary gold medal. <laughs> well, you know, our kids won the gold medal, the four man gold right. medal in Vancouver, and I did get. Uh, I still have it. I wear it special occasions to show people. I have a the gold medal ring. Oh, well, that's good. That picture, oh, yeah. that's, that's real cool. So I wear my Daytona 500 ring and the Olympic gold medal ring, and I I can say, and I'm not bragging, but I'm the only one in the whole world that's won both those events. Well, I, I, go ahead and brag. I think you deserve it. Greg, I mean, uh, <laughs> Jeff, we kept you over a little bit longer than I thought we uh, were going to. Uh, you know, it's great having you on. It was well worth the, the three tries it took to get you on the show. And, uh <laughs> We really appreciate everything that you've done for every, I mean, auto racing, the Olympics, and uh, we just really appreciate you coming on the show. Well, it's, no, it's always my pleasure, guys. And first time I forgot, the second two times it was your fault. Right. And the third, third time's a term, so uh, anytime you want me on a show, just give me a call. Okay, well, I can tell you, we it only took once to get Todd on, and, uh, <laughs> and, and the, we had him on about a month ago, and then... Uh, uh, Brett, we had the same problem, so we got to try to get him back too. We've never had him on the show, but we uh, uh, we had him lined up one week, and something happened. So anyway, yeah. thanks so much for coming on the show, and uh, take care of yourself. Okay, my pleasure. Nice talking to all you guys and all you race fans listening on the radio. Okay. Have a great show. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jeff. That's Jeff Bodine. Good interview, Greg. That was a good one. He's it was a, worth waiting on. He's a professional guy, I'm telling you. He's uh, got uh, a lot of irons in the fire, and he's uh, won the Daytona 500 and an Olympic gold medal. That's not too bad. That's pretty strong. <laughs> that's pretty good. Let's take our next to last break. We'll be right back and uh, uh, do some local res- or do some uh, national results. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Impex Pre-Owned is raising the bar in the car industry. Impex is a different kind of dealership. Family owned and operated. Jamie Nodine and his wife Rita are Boiling Springs natives and are proud to be serving the Boiling Springs, Inman, and Spartanburg communities. Jamie and his staff are committed to providing excellent customer service and making sure your experience is simple, transparent, and fair. Visit Impex Pre-Owned today. Conveniently located up I-26 on Asheville Highway. Don't just dream it, drive it at Impex Pre-Owned. 
The Fox Sports 1400 app is the best way to keep up with Spartanburg Sports Scene. Download it now by searching Fox Sports 1400, either at the Apple Store or via Google Play. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like RJ Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and they'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. Do you own a rundown house or a property with problem tenants? Did a relative leave you a house behind on maintenance and all the problems that go with it? If any of these things are true, Upstate Property Solutions can help. Upstate Property Solutions buys homes in any condition or circumstance. Foreclosures, condemned homes, mobile homes with or without land, it doesn't matter. We have a solution for you. The best part is we will pay you cash. So give us a call today at 256-0727 or visit UpstatePropertySolutions.com. Consultations are free. All right, welcome back to Start Your Engines. Let's do some uh, results. Last week at Watkins Glen, uh, they got back after a two-week two weeks off, and Kyle Larson got back in the groove and won the race. He... uh, Beat out Chase Elliott, who uh, finished second. Martin Truex was third. Kyle Busch, fourth. Denny Hamlin, fifth. William Byron was sixth. Christopher Bell, seventh. Kevin Harvick, eighth. Chase Briscoe, ninth. And Tyler Reddick is tenth. Any uh, things strike you about that race, Alan? Uh, nothing special. Just uh, young money kind of showed him away again. Yeah. And uh, you, got, you got Austin Dillon back there trying to work his way into the points deal, but it don't look good. It doesn't look good, and I tell you, we got three races to go to uh, to uh, get something uh, to, to set the field for the the playoffs, which are, and this is the uh, playoff standings. Kyle Larson is in first place with five wins, and second is Martin Truex with three. Third is Alex Bowman with three. Of course, they're uh, ranked now after the to break the tie for wins. Of course, it's by your stage points. Fourth is Kyle Busch with two wins. Fifth is Chase Elliott with two wins. And a long list of people with one win. Sixth, William Byron. Seventh, Joey Logano. Eighth, Ryan Blaney. Ninth, Brad Keselowski. Tenth, Kurt Busch. Eleventh, Christopher Bell. Twelfth, Michael McDowell. And thirteenth, Eric Almarola. 
The three that are in the top 16 that have not won a race, Denny Hamlin, who looks pretty secure even if he doesn't want a race, but if we get three more different winners, he won't be secure with a darn. Uh, Kevin Harvick is 15th, and Tyler Reddick is 16th, and on the outside looking in, you've got uh, uh, Chris Bo- uh, Austin Dillon, Chris Bo- who is uh, Tyler Reddick's teammate, and uh, they're uh, they're they're pretty close on points, and it's uh, interesting to follow those two during the course of the race because one's probably going to make it and one isn't. Uh, they're of course at Indianapolis on a road course this week, and they've never run that track, so anything could happen. Plus two, you got the five cars actually racing Denny Hamlin for the all season points deal, right? And he's closed in, and everybody knows that that uh, end of the season points deal automatically gives you fifteen points into the playoffs. So that's another thing that Kyle Larson's looking at. Yep, that's that's true. We also got Chris Boucher, Matt D. Benedetto, who I really wish would win a race, Ross Chastain. And Ricky Stenhouse are sort of on the outside looking in, and it will be interested to see if they can uh, break into the winner's circle. The next race, of course, is the Verizon 200 at the Brickyard, and that will be tomorrow at 1 o'clock on NBC. That's, now let's go over to Xfinity, where our local driver, Jeremy Clements, and by the way, he's got a beautiful car that uh, Lanny put on our website. Uh, if you want to see what the Darlington car is going to look like. And the whole hood says uh, Fox Sports 1400 and Spartanburg in big letters. It's our station logo, and it looks really good. And I, It's wicked looking. Yeah, it looks Makes good. you proud. Everybody's in bar makes you proud to see it. Yep, and so that will be our car at Darlington. Jeremy runs pretty good down there, so we'll see what happens. Uh, but the last race they ran was at the... Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey 200. And uh, huh? <laughs> it was the Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey 200. That was last Saturday at Watkins Glen. Ty Gibbs was the winner. A.J. Allmendinger was second. Austin Sendrick third. Justin Allgaier fourth. And Harrison Burton fifth. I don't know what happened because I didn't get a chance to listen to I usually listen to Jeremy on open mic on Wednesdays. I didn't get to hear him this week. But when they came down after the last restart, he was in 11th place. And I said, we're going to slip in there and have a good finish. And he dropped like a rock, and I don't know what happened. He ended up in 16th position. I think he fell further than that and came back up to 15th or uh, 16th. So uh, Jeremy had a had a rough outing, but he is still in the playoffs as we speak with uh, quite a few races to go. I think five or six races left for them. Uh, but, of course, he's in 10th place in the standings, however... Miat Snyder's in 13th place, but he won at Miami, so he's automatically in, which actually puts, they take the first 12, so it puts Jeremy uh, with one spot to spare. Now, he is 39 points behind Brandon Jones, and um, that's that's a pretty good chunk to try to make up, and he's got a 10-point lead over Michael Annette, who actually missed two races because he had leg surgery, and he's 40 points ahead of Riley Herbst, so... Uh, he doesn't have much cushion. He doesn't have much cushion at all, and he really needs a good finish. And uh, they qualify or draw for the the, the positions for the uh, Pennzoil 150 at the Brickyard, which they will run tomorrow. Or, I'm sorry, they run today at 4 o'clock. And 
as of the last practice yesterday, Jeremy had the 29th fastest time, which is not real impressive. He's uh, he's just about exactly two seconds off the pace. So hopefully between now and then he can get caught up and uh, find out what's going on to try to get some more speed out of that car. And I'm going to say it one more time now that I've done both uh, Xfinity and Cup. I'm real disappointed they're not on the oval because it's a historic track and it's I don't think, personally, the races are boring on the track. I don't like them. A lot of people are complaining about now there's too many road courses. I don't really care if the Xfinity is on there, but I wish the Cup had stayed on the big track. You know, the Cup cars were designed to run, you know, a little bit of road racing. Basically, they were designed to run a half-mile dirt. Then they got up to some mile dirt and point nine and high banking, and that's the venue of a stock car, a high bank oval. And it's okay to run a few races like Watkins Glen and everything, but uh, you got to have those sporty cars like what 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 Mike and them run. You got to have them cars to put on a good show at, at, at a lot of road courses. I'm not saying NASCAR can't do it because I like road courses, but. Uh, yeah, I think I think the, the the WeatherTech cars and stuff put on a lot better show than the NASCAR guys. Well, I just think course. they've overdone this road course thing a little bit, and I'm beginning to yeah. agree that they got too many. I would I would have never taken the Cup cars off the oval, but anyway, no, no way. Uh, the trucks have been off and will be off until next weekend uh, when they run at uh, the WWT Raceway 200, which will be. At 9 p.m., I think that's next Friday, if that's the 20th, at Gateway. That's outside of St. Louis, across the river. And uh, point standings there, John Hunter Nemechek is leading the points. by. Uh, he's got a 85-point lead over Ben Rhodes. Austin Hill is third. Todd Gilliland, fourth. Zane Smith is fifth. Matt Crafton, sixth. Sheldon Creed, seventh. Grant Enfinger, ninth. Carson Hosevar is ninth. And Stuart Friesen from Canada is tenth. And like I said, they will run next week uh, um, at Gateway outside of St. Louis. Let's look at ARCA real quick. They also won't race again until next week when they're at Michigan for the Michigan 200. The last race they ran was actually uh, at Watkins Glen on uh, Friday, August the 6th. But we didn't get to talk about it because we didn't have a show last week. But... I guess it's not much of a shocker. Corey Heim won again, so they've only had two winners, and they got a, they just got some real uh, domination there by Corey Heim. Second uh, was Austin Hill, and then the only other guy that's won a race, who won the Xfinity race last week at Watkins Glen, was Ty Gibbs. Fourth was Carson Hosefar, and fifth Brandon Jones. Sixth Riley Herbst, seventh Taylor Gray, eighth Nick Sanchez, ninth Wayne Self. Austin Wayne Self and 10th Jack Wood. And you'll notice a lot of names there from Xfinity that were uh, that ran that ARCA race, bought, bought their way in just so they could uh, get some practice at Watkins Glen. Uh, the points, Ty Gibbs is uh, still the leader. He's got a two-point lead over Corey Heim. Third is Matt uh, Thad Moffitt. Fourth, Nick Sanchez. And fifth is Brad Smith. So, uh... I want, let's uh, let's take a break and come back because that Indy uh, that Indy race in the streets of Nashville deserves a little bit more than I can give it in a minute and a half. So uh, we'll take our next break early. We'll be right back. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400 98.3 FM. 
Low prices, big selection, quality customer service. That's Nissan of Greer. Get big savings on over 300 new Nissans. Shop our large selection of used vehicles, including Nissan certified pre-owned. Plus, we're the place for commercial fleets, for expert service. And if you need credit, come and get it. Ask about military, college grant, and mobility assist savings too. Hurry to Nissan of Greer today. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. River Falls Plantation, a Gary Player signature course, is open to the public. Membership opportunities are available, though, including family, corporate, and individual memberships. They offer a discounted membership for seniors over 60 and juniors under 30. But you heard me right. You don't have to be a member to play at the beautiful course at River Falls. Don't have time for a full 18? Why not nine for just $25 every Monday through Friday? Schedule your tee time today by calling 433-9192 or go online to riverfallsgolf.com. We are Fox Sports. The home of the Spartanburg Vikings is Fox Sports 1400. WSPG Spartanburg. Now on FM at 98.3. We can sum up McDonald's new crispy chicken sandwich in one word. Crispy. But also juicy. And tender. Okay, it's crispy, juicy, tender. All one word. But then, also pickle. Oh, and potato bun. Which is two words. Okay, we can't sum up our new crispy chicken sandwich in one word, so you'll just have to try it to understand it. Order ahead on the McDonald's app at participating McDonald's. Okay, start me up.
And he worked his way all the way back up through the field and won so for his now, second win of the year. So now I'm beginning to think as far as that car went up in there and it come down and landed on the front end and it, you know, jammed everything together in there. And these guys are so meticulous about front end geometry and stuff like that. I guess all that's thrown out the window. Well, <laughs> I, I've never seen anything like which, it. I, the car was totally off the ground. You could have walked under it. Which you got to look at what racetrack they was at. I don't think all that stuff co- come into play there. That track was so narrow. It was so narrow down there in that little triangle type deal yeah. that there's only one car could go through there at a the time. One messed up. They all stacked up because there's no way to get around him. Yeah. And uh, how, many, how many cars did our guy go through? Oh, uh, Jimmy Johnson? Yeah. About three, I think. I think I went three, and then they postponed the, they postponed the race there, red flag the race. And next thing I know, I've seen the guy spinning the right rear tire, and uh, they said that they're going to DQ him because he's work, actually working on the car. And Perry said, are you believing that? And I said, well, would you want him back out there? <laughs> <laughs> so your theory is that it was, uh, he did to it on purpose another, so to get red flag. Yeah, to save another race car. <laughs> well, he had a rough weekend, there's no doubt about it, so... The winner of the race was Marcus Erickson. And um, for any of you old-time Indy people, I don't know if you remember this, Greg, or not, but his... uh... Oh, and Ronnie's not here today. I didn't even mention that. The show's almost over, and Ronnie's not with us. He had some family matters to take care of. But Ronnie and I like uh, Marcus Erickson's car usually uh, at all the other tracks this year. It's the Husky Chocolate Car. But that was a, a minor sponsor last week. It was Bryant Heating and Cooling. And they go back to Indianapolis and Indy cars all the way to the 50s, early 50s. There used to always be a Bryant Heating and Cooling car. So Eddie Sachs drove for them. So anyway, Marcus Erickson and the Bryant car won it, came from an 18th and a suborbital flight to win the race, which was incredible. Scott Dixon was second. James Hinchcliffe was third. Ryan Hunter Ray fourth. Graham Ray Hall fifth. Ed Jones had a good race for sixth. Ed Palou, uh, Alex Palou was seventh. Felix Rosenquist, eighth. Helio came in ninth, and it's been announced that he will be full-time next year for Meyer Shank as they're getting rid of uh, their other driver, uh, Jack uh, Harvey. Jack Harvey. And tenth was Joseph Newgarden, who's from Nashville, or from uh, Knoxville. So he was like the local favorite. But... Uh, he didn't, he didn't fare too well. Quite a few other crashes. They had a big pileup at one point there and took out about five of them, at, uh, uh, three of them at one time. But um, Colton Herita crashed. Cody Ware over from Xfinity crashed. Uh, Simon Pagino crashed. Dalton Kellett crashed. Renus VK crashed. Takuma Sato crashed. And Jimmy Johnson crashed. And uh, they tried to fix his car during the red flag, so they said, don't bother, you're out. So that's the way that went. And, of course, I mentioned that uh, Sebastian Bourdais, they started 27 cars on that. It was the only field bigger this year was at the Indianapolis 500. So, uh, heck of a rush. You think they'll do it next year? Uh, I think they'll change the racetrack a little bit. They, uh, I don't think they'll go back to the same track. Well, it was pretty good watching them come across that bridge at 180 miles an hour. Well, something about that last little hump on that bridge was sending a lot of them cars up in the air. It was, and uh, a couple of them went up. One of them went up in the air pretty high all by itself. Well, not by itself, but... Uh, okay, so the point standings, Alex Palou was first. He's got a 42-point lead over Scott Dixon. 
Third is Patricio O'Ward. Fourth, Joseph Newgarden. Fifth, Marcus Erickson moving up after his big win, his second win of the year. Um, Graham Rahal is sixth. Simon Pagano is seventh. Colton Herita eighth. Renus VK ninth. And Takuma Sato tenth. What about Will Power? Do you remember him? He's taking out people left and right. He took out a teammate. And uh, I think he took out um, Pagano. It seemed like he took out another one. I know Penske had to be real, t- t- uh, real tickled Pins- with him. Penske was having a bad day all the way around <laughs> last week. Uh, we was texting about that, too, I think. Yeah, we, we were. Because uh, his other teammate in NASCAR took his other teammate out. That's right. He? That was uh, Keselowski took out Logano. <laughs> didn't take him out permanently, but turned but, him the wrong direction. But how can you how can you pick your teammate out of all coming through their backwards? So I'm going to take my own. <laughs> I don't think it was intentional, but like you said, it was bad luck for sure. Okay, Formula One. Now, this is wacko. Oh, by the way, uh, the IndyCars will next run, and a big machine is sticking with them. They're going to run, actually, today at at Indianapolis. It's going to be the big machine spiked coolers Grand Prix. And that actually comes on the air at 1230, race time at 1 o'clock. Run that sponsor by me again. What's the name of that? Big machine spiked coolers. You ought to have. You if they get, pay, it sounds good. Get you a six pack of those, uh, <laughs> and uh, that race is actually at one o'clock, which will be followed on the same station. And I'll get to the TV in just a minute. Um, but Xfinity race on the same track, NASCAR, IndyCar double header. Kind of surprised IndyCar goes first because they're done for the weekend. And uh, I would think they'd run the Xfinity cars first and and then have a break. And put some Indy cars out there, but it's going to be after the Indy cars, all NASCAR. So anyway, Formula One had a new winner at the last race they ran, which was on August the first at Hungary, and it was the Rolex Hungarian Grand Prix, and Esteban Ocon won it. Now he has never won a Formula One race before, and he drives for the Alpine Renault team, and it was. Um, his first time on the podium and his first time uh, on the high step of the podium. Well, he I think the boy was so happy that he parked the car out there and they said he's got a spot in here where they're <laughs> supposed to pull into. Yeah. And he, he forgot to take his race car. To, I mean, it's... Well, you've had people that didn't know their way to victory lane before. So uh, <laughs> that's... Uh, he's forgiven. But here's the wacky thing. Second was Sebastian Vettel and the uh, Aston Martin Mercedes... He was disqualified. Now, get this, what he was disqualified for. After the race, they, I don't know if it's every car in a race, probably, but obviously it must be at least the first three or four. The podium may be the first three. You have to have one liter of gasoline left, or or fuel, left in the car for a sample so they can test it. He didn't have a liter of gas left in the car. He finished second, and they disqualified him, so he, uh, he gets 18th. Tough way to spend an afternoon and then not have enough gas for your post-inspection sample. Well, you notice when them guys come in and pit, they do not fuel them cars. Right. They tote their whole load of fuel from the very beginning, and they do cut it kind of, you know, tight because the lighter that car is, uh, but that's cutting it too close. Well, it was was too close, and uh, they were going to protest it. I'm sure it was upheld. I haven't heard anything that it wasn't. So the third place finisher was Lewis Hamilton, and he uh, bumps up to second. 
And third was Carlos Sainz driving for a um, Ferrari. So it was a it was a crazy finish to the race. They don't race again until uh, August 29th when they run the Belgian Grand Prix at Spa Francorchamps, which is one of the historic, famous old tracks in Formula One racing. The point standings right now: Lewis Hamilton is first. He's got an eight point lead over Max Verstappen. Third is Lando Norris, who's 82 points back. So you can forget anybody except uh, Hamilton or Verstappen winning the championship this year. Valtteri Bottas is fourth. Sergio Perez is fifth. Carlos Sainz is seventh. Uh, sixth. Seventh is Charles Leclerc. Eighth, Pierre Gasly. Ninth, Ricardo, uh, Daniel Ricciardo. And tenth is Esteban Ocon, who was your most recent winner. Now, real happy results. And I saved it for last uh, so we can... Uh, talk about it and that was the emsa race which they ran on a same day tape de- uh, they don't use tape anymore a same day delay after the end of the indycar race which was dark by the time it was over they actually you know when it gets so dark at the racetrack it looks it's a whole lot darker that shows up on tv because oh, they yeah. open up the iris and everything on those cameras so they can actually have enough light but it was dark that was really dark you could see that by the headlights of the other cars in uh, downtown Nashville. So anyway, it was on the same day delay, and I swear, I said, this thing is going to go to 11 o'clock. i got to find out who won. So I went ahead and looked at it on my phone, and lo and behold, it was uh, the Wheeling Engineering Cadillac, and I was so happy. But I didn't want to tell you, uh, uh, Alan, who won the race, because maybe you were uh, wanted to be surprised. But then I said, well, his brother's probably already told him as soon as it happened. So uh, well, he and, asked, and I don't know how you found out, but I said, do you know who won the race? And he said, yes. So. Well, he asked me to. He texted me first. He said, you going to watch the race? I said, <laughs> yes, I'll watch it. He said, make sure you at least watch the first lap. He said, first lap's a good one. And uh, then he said, you want to know who won the race? And then I got seeing how long the IndyCar race was yep. running. I said, go ahead and let me know. I, you know. Yeah. And he let me know that they, they won. They won. Yep. And they've won two in a row now. So it was Felipe Nasser and Pipo Durrani. So great. They're, they're a great team. I mean, uh, they seem to get along and like each other. They're both Brazilians, but they, their English is impeccable, uh, or it seems to be anyway. But they led um, 40 of 76 laps. So that's pretty much domination. They didn't lead. I mean, it, it got close down towards the end, but uh, uh, they did pull it out. Two wins in a row. Moving up into points with several races left, and uh, uh, I think they got a good chance to bring home a championship. They don't run again until September the 12th uh, when they run the Monterey Grand Prix at Laguna Seca. But second place was Oliver Jarvis and Harry Tinknell. Third was uh, Ringer. Oh, wait a minute. I am. uh, Yeah, that's right. I got it. I thought I was looking at the points. Uh, Third was Ringer van der Zander and Kevin Magnussen. Fourth was Ricky Taylor and Felipe Albuquerque. And fifth was Olivier Pa and Dane Cameron. So uh, that was uh, that was really made my weekend. It, I made was, mine, too. That was so happy. I was watching that race, and I could tell that, you know, my, that, was, that car was running good. And I don't know how I got distracted from it. Well, it was... It was, a, it was it, you I called me and told me he was leading. Well, I, I don't think it went off until like after 11 o'clock. It was pretty late. Yeah. Was- I, I mean, for a Sunday night. Uh, but let me get the point standings real quick. So, 
leading the points is a guy that cut off how many points they're behind. I should have looked into that a little closer. But Ricky Taylor and Felipe Albuquerque are first. Nasser and Durrani and the Whalen Engineering car is second. And it cut off here. But I know when I did check it, they've moved up a lot in points. And um, they're definitely within striking distance with the number of races they've got left. And I, they go all the way to Road Atlanta in November. Like I said, the next race is September the 12th. So, uh, minutes if i can pull this off uh, i was going to do a lot more on bob jenkins but i didn't get to but what i am going to do here in uh, the few minutes that we have left i will play his call of the closest finish at indianapolis in history and this was on uh the indianapolis 500 in Good year. 1992 scott goodyear and al unser jr unser jr and goodyear i yeah. remember i watched it never left but. well here's the way uh Here's the way Bob Jenkins called it. Dwayne Sweeney waves the white flag. One to go. A three-car lane separation between Unser and Goodyear. And that's Holy Cone crew number one. The gap gets closer and closer and closer in Polygary Lane. Indeed, about three or four car lengths as they work off the second quarter for the last time. Headed down the back stretch. Headed right at you, Larry Henry. Scott Goodyear chucked right in behind Al Lentzer Jr. He's waiting. He's waiting about a car length and a half behind Al Jr. Al Jr. now lengthens it out. He's trying to hold him up. Goodyear low. Junior high. They go to four, Bob Lee. Al Lentzer Jr. has the lead. One more turn to go. Here they come. Coming to the finish line. Bob Jenkins, who's going to win it? The checkered flag is out. Goodyear makes a move. Little Al wins by just a few tenths of a second. Perhaps the closest finish in the history of the Indianapolis 500. Al Unser Jr. has become the first second-generation driver to win an Indianapolis 500. Al Unser Jr. has done it, holding off the challenge of Scott Goodyear and Sally Larvick is in Little Al's pit. I just think that's great. I got uh... I, I, I got goosebumps listening I, to that. I, I, compare, I was going to say the exact same thing to you and I. It, it, uh, I remember watching that live, and I know you watched oh, it. Oh, heck I, yeah. And, and we could see that Scott Goodyear had a good shot of winning the race. Yeah. And he was getting it. Al Unser Jr., like I say, he was the first in the race. But to hear that right there in Bob Jenkins... That's that's racing. That's excitement. And the fans were going crazy. Oh, People in the t in their dens were going crazy. Yep. Me and Brandy were going crazy. It was a heck of a finish. Closest in history still. Uh, about 10 seconds, Alan. What you got going on? What can we expect today? Uh, the weather might be iffy. 
weather might be iffy, but uh, got a lot of good racing going on up at Harris Speedway tonight and at Cherokee Speedway. So get out here. Had a crowd up there at Harris last week and uh, get out here and support these local racetracks. And like I said, you can't have a better time than can the local racetrack. That's right. One thing Danny said that he missed last week. He forgot to get him a hot dog Get the hot dog stand. Well, you got to get him to the track more often <laughs> so he, he'll get back in the habit. That's bad when you don't go and forget to get a hot dog. Well, that's... I think Martinsville, that's a two-point uh, They'll dock you two points if uh, you don't get off, a hot dog. Off, at car, on, off car owner points. All right. Well, look, we got off to a ragged start. Hopefully, we'll do better next week. And uh, that's it for today. Greg will give us a good guest next week, and hopefully uh, everybody will have a safe week. Natalie, get our table ready, and keep it between the fences. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. We are we're now on FM. Hear all of our programming at 98.3, Fox Sports 1400, WSPG Spartanburg. We are Fox Sports. And here's what you need.